Praise the Lord. You know, it's always exciting for me to be able to watch people, you know, as you bring your Bibles into church. You know, we're not here just to, to have a feel-good service, although that's always fine, well, and good. But we're truly here for change. We're here for transformation. We're here to gain information and then let the Holy Spirit transform our lives. Much like the story that we, we read last week and when we were talking about, do you want to be well? You know, and letting go of those emotional wounds into your life. I want to encourage you today on part two, and hopefully we can leave today being encouraged, knowing that no matter what you're carrying around, no matter what you have or whatever vice you might be uh, dealing with in your life, I want you to know that it's just a reminder of God's glory, and it's a reminder of God's grace. And so today, as we dive into his word, I want you to watch this video real close. Let's just... Let's just usher the Holy Spirit in as he has been here. Let's let go and let God do his work this morning. We have victory in Jesus. For he is the King of kings. He is the Lamb of God. He is our Redeemer, the Son of the living God, the Savior of the world. He is our Deliverer, our hope, the one who sets us free. He is the Prince of Peace, the Good Shepherd, the Bread of Life, the Lord of all. There is no other way to the Father but through Jesus. In Jesus, we are free. There is no shame or condemnation because He has laid down His life for us. For in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that He is Lord. For His name is power. For in the name of Jesus, the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. His name is Jesus. He's conquered death, hell, and the grave. He is alive. Therefore, go and be witnesses unto all the ends of the earth, showing yourselves to be true disciples of Jesus, demonstrating the power of God, testifying to a living God, by healing the sick, delivering the oppressed, raising the dead, making the blind eyes see the deaf hear, making Jesus' name magnified above all the earth, for he is our king, and he is the Lord over all. For there is no other name by which man is saved, except by the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He is our victory. Amen. He is our victory. He is our vindicator. He's the one that helps us when times seem difficult and when circumstances seem like we just can't make it. He is there. Part two of how can I get better? How can I be well? The question is, do you want to be well? Many of us love and, and we, we live and relish in relish and pity. We relish in uh, the pain and hurts of our past. However, 
you know, we have to learn to let go and let God. So today, if you will, please turn in your Bibles. And before we get as you're turning there, I'll give you a little bit of an introduction. And we're going to go back just a little bit. But it will be in John chapter 5 as we highlight the character that I believe that many of us can learn some really great truths from. Hopefully today you'll be free from some of those emotional hurts, hang-ups, and habits in your life. There's a question that I want to ask you today. How do I get healing from the pain and hurt from my past? How do I get healing from the pain and hurt of my past? Well, the answer is this. Refuse to go back there emotionally. Refuse to dredge up negative emotional memories. They will do you no good, and I'm here to tell you, in fact, strongly felt negative emotions can hold the potential to severely stifle your progress. Think of it like this. We're going to do a little recap, all right? Just in case you forgot and you needed to go back and look at some of your notes. Every person has the two main files in his or her memory system. The first file is this, filled with good things that happened to us. Second is victories. Third is accomplishments. And then joy and happiness. So we have that file. We open it up and we can revisit that. And for many of us, when we have some of the pain in our life that has been brought to us, rather we welcomed it in, rather we were part of it, or it just came about us. Because remember, Satan is out to do what? Seek, kill, and destroy. So he's out to take your life and he's out to make you just another number, you know, in your walk with Jesus Christ. How many of you believe that you're an ambassador in Jesus Christ? Amen. I, okay, that was kind of weak. I guess there's just a few of us in here. How many of you believe that you're an ambassador of Jesus Christ? Amen. Amen. That's what I want to hear. Glory. And uh, now that's some good preaching out there. I'm going to sit down and let you preach at me. But anyhow, so and then the second file is this. I think some of us do just the opposite. And some of us have to relive some of the hurts and pains of the past. Some of the negative things that have happened to us, maybe some of the the defeats and failures of our life, and so we'll drudge some of that stuff up. And all that brings to us is what? Sorrow, sadness, and suffering. Do you know what Satan wants to do? He wants so badly to make sure that neither you nor I have any type of an effective Christian life. So as ambassadors, as soldiers in the great army of the faith, he wants to take one of us and hold us criminal, hostage, and then could imprison us, could destroy us. But we must realize that greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. And know know that in all these things we've been made more than conquerors through him who loved us. Here at New Hope, we have new hope for recovery. We get up and we hear Pastor Luke or Trish, they highlight some of the things that are going on. But, But what is new hope for recovery? New hope for recovery is to help people to live a Christ like life, to really overcome some of the Habits of your past, some of the sin of your past, some of the problems of your past. Maybe for some they've walked into here and maybe it's been current issues, current problems, current things that you've been going through that you need truly delivered from. Amen. Now, what does a Christ-centered recovery program look like? It looks like this, that we don't drudge up 
the hurts and pains of the past that we don't visit file number two. That we don't have to look at our defeats and our failures. You know, when the Bible says this in John 3, 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Except the man be born again. If you are born again, then the negative things that happen to us, the defeats and failures, the sorrows, the sadness, all of the pain should go away. It seems simple. You're like, preacher, you did it again. This was all a setup. It's not a setup. But what it is, it's a reminder today. Um, Ram is teaching the men about abiding in Christ, remaining in Christ, and how does that look in our life. You know, as a teenager, listen, if you're a teen in here, if you are a teenager, do you know you have some of the greatest opportunities for the Lord to use you? Because if you look all through scriptures, he, he used, yeah, he used Sarah, and we knew she was an older lady. Not like I just respectfully said that. Okay, didn't want to offend anybody. But throughout scriptures, he used young ladies. He used young men to do his work. But here's reality. It's only until you let go that you let God do a work in your life that you'll start noticing that you can look at the joy and happiness of file number one and then you can live a successful, productive, prosperous, plentiful. I was trying to come up with some peas. I don't, I don't know. I'm running out of peas here. And, uh, but Christian life. So today, I'm going to ask you an important question. What file will you choose? What file have you chosen? And what file will you choose? You see, all of us tend to wear out file number two. Because we are preoccupied with what negative things, so we never get around to exploring file number one. If you want to be free, and if you want to overcome self-pity, throw away the key to file number two. Just let it go. Don't go back there anymore. Keep your mind focused on the good things God has done in your life. You've heard me say this. We don't need to go there. We don't need to revisit it. Because we know all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. You know, people say, oh, preacher, you're called, I'm not. No, we're all called. So if you are a born-again believer, it says that you are now an ambassador. Do you notice how I keep bringing that up? over and over it's what i loved about the video because i was trying to really emphasize the ambassador we have a mission and the mission is the world for god so loved the world right that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life so our mission is what to proclaim the gospel of jesus christ we're going to get into that this morning and how does that look and how do, how do we become probably stronger ambassadors than we've ever been before? But we don't ever have to go back. But may I encourage you, and we're going to read this and I'm leading up to this, but we need to get up and get moving. Right? Look to the person next to you and say, get up and get moving. But don't leave church service just yet. The guy up in the balcony, he was falling asleep. That's why he always sits up there. Look, everybody turned around and looked like, we have a balcony in this church. So they're looking at the, it, it's, the it's our sound booth. And uh, all the, the, the ministers that are up there uh, helping to make this a successful day. Men, I always appreciate all of you men, by the way. 
And, uh, but that was just a little joke. Because you guys know that in my mind, there's just not two people here. There's 1,500. I have to keep that vision, you know. Anyhow, uh, okay, I'll go back about to 150. So now as we continue to move, move forward, do you want to be well? You know, for those that uh, we have to kind of encourage and say, I want you to get up and get moving. Here's the story in John chapter 5, and I'm going to highlight it again, and I want to read it again. We'll be reading it out of uh, uh, the New King James Version, but it's about a man in Jerusalem who had been crippled for about 38 years. He spent every day of his life lying on a mat by the pool of Bethesda, hoping for a miracle. And this man had a deep-seated, lingering disorder. I think many people have lingering disorders their problems may not be physical however they may be emotional but they are deep-seated lingering disorders nevertheless they could stem from being unwilling to forgive maybe holding on to past resentments blaming the past for their behavior or other emotional wounds these lingering disorders can affect what your personality your relationships, your self-image, just as the man lying by the pool. Some people sit back year after year after year waiting for a miracle to happen, waiting for some big event to come along to make everything better in their life. Jesus, he saw this one man lying there in need. It was obvious that he was crippled, but Jesus asked the man what seemed to be a strange question. Now, The question that I put up on the screen was, do you want to be well? But God convicted me just right down here about 15 minutes ago. How many of you have a King James Version? Okay, when I'm reading today, I'm going to get to a part, and here's what was amazing. The question was this, do you want to be made well? But if you look in the word, it says, do you want to be made whole? Powerful, isn't it? So, not just well, but he looked at him and said, do you want to be made whole? So for me, I would say this. If I'm born again, all the junk that was in the trunk, now I am over here because through Jesus Christ, that journey that I took by believing in him, right? Now we are made whole whole not just well so as the holy spirit was preaching to your pastor before that that was the sermonette before the sermonette that he said to me hold on a minute i'm not just here to make people well i'm here to make them whole Amen? amen that's amazing isn't it let us just pray and go right into the altar call well i so i i won't be there right now i think there's more to be said but i thought that that was powerful so let's read together in john chapter 5 First one, and then I'll be reading right up through verse 18. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew. Some people say Bethesda, Bethesda. It's easier for me in my English language, because that's what I speak to say, Bethesda. All right? Having five porches. And these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. 
Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. How many years? 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Now, do you guys see it in your word now? But it also says, do you want to be made what? Whole. Wow. Do you find that just as amazing? See, I, I really do believe, and I, and I understand from the NIV to the NSB to the NLT to the American Standard Bible to the Holman you know, Christian Standard Bible, and I understand they're breaking down the words because it makes it easier for, the, for us to get away from the Elizabethan language. And so when I'm standing up here, I'm not saying all of the these and the thous, but I need to explain something to you that it's very, very significant today that we see that it wasn't that he was just made well, he was made whole. Because you can't take a crippled man for 38 years and he rises to his feet because he's well. No, he was made whole. That is what's powerful. That is the power of Jesus Christ. That is the deliverance of Jesus Christ. So, so we're going to start to see here that this man who was lying there, who lived a life of sin, because the Bible plainly states that, and yet he didn't say, well, we're just going to do a little this and a little that, even though your feet are probably turned in, even though your muscles and your legs are weak. He said right there, rise in Jesus' name, and he got up from that mat. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but I have to say that I'm very, very impressed with the power of the living God. I'm also impressed that Jesus has the ability through his Father and the Holy Spirit to to be able to see a man, and I just spittled, and uh, that means spit. Anyhow, I'm glad I shared that with all of you. But when you have a gap like mine, sometimes be careful in the front row. It could be dangerous. I could take out an eye. Just kidding. Anyhow, but one of the things that I noticed is that it was here. Spittle is King James Version. I just thought I'd let you guys know. If you want to look it up, you can. All right? Another, maybe the message I wouldn't even say what I was going to say. It's, I'm going down. I'm doing it again, church. I'm going to stop. So he was on that map but was made whole. And so we have to look at this as significant. So now we're in verse 7. And here's what he said. Now, it's actually explained here. It says that the sick man answered him. So he knew he was sick. And yet in the word, we need to also watch the significance of the wording. He said, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise up, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. The man was made whole. He took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. So we continue. And the Jews therefore said to him who was cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. And he answered to them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, Who was the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, So you have been made well, sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. 
And in verse 15 it reads, And the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. For this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done things on what? On the holy day, on the day of rest, on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, says, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. What's great is, uh, you know, I love down in verse 25. I'm going to just skip down because this just came to my mind, and I know it's here. It says this. It said, uh, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice, the Son of God, and uh, those here shall live. And then in verse 23, if you go back up, it says that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which hath sent me. What I'm noticing here is that there's evidence of the Trinity even right there. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we're starting to see the three in one. I think it's so important. Thank you, Jay, for, for, for being on that so quickly. So here we are. Do you want to be made well? I believe that God is asking a very similar question to us today. Do you want to be well? Do you want to continue lying around feeling sorry for yourself? Jesus asked this simple, straightforward question. But the man's response was interesting because he began listing all of his excuses. I'm all alone. I just don't have anyone to help me. Other people have let me down. Other people always seem to get ahead of me. I don't have a chance in life. Let me ask you, is there any wonder that for 38 years he stayed crippled? Listen, if you have a, a, a I can't mentality, you will never have an I can mentality. Because you keep going back to file number one instead of living I mean, if you're living in file number two instead of going back and opening up file number one and understanding the joy and happiness that comes with living out a spirit-filled life. I love how Jesus answered him. He didn't repeat him this sad story. He didn't say, yes, friend, I agree with you. You've had a tough time. Let me just take a moment and we'll put my hand on your shoulder and let me have some pity on you. He didn't say that. No, Jesus looked at him and said, in effect... If you are serious about getting well, if you are ser serious about getting your life in order, if you really want to get out of this mess, here's what you must do. Get up off the ground. Take up your bed. Be on your way. When the man did what Jesus told him to do, what happened? He was miraculously healed. Interesting. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says what? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. There's the message for us today. There's a message for us today. If you're serious about being well, if you really want to be made physically and emotionally whole, you must get up and get moving with your life. No more lying around feeling Sorry for yourself. You must stop going back to file number two of all the times and stop making excuses and stop blaming other people or circumstances that disappoint you. Instead, start forgiving the people that hurt you. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says this, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to them 
that diligently seek him. Have joyful expectations. What must it have been like for him? 38 years. I mean, think about it. He had to, re- he had to rely on someone to get his mat. Somebody to had to carry the mat there. Where was he at? Did he live there all night? Were they waiting for him? What was it that they did? You could take that mat and put it right up there. It's a little big mat, but it's okay. But it's a comfy mat. And no, I'm not going to lay on it today. And for some of you, because you've already been sleeping through the sermon, you're not laying on the mat either. I was going to use you as an illustration, but I'm not going to do that today. So Jesus walks up to him and he says, get up off your mat and be whole. Now, I started doing some thinking about this mat. And so for many of us, we could say, you know, this says your mat is not your message. It's actually supposed to say your mat is now your message. That's okay. I wanted to make sure we were very clear about that one. And uh, for him, he said, get up off your mat. Now, here's what I love that the scripture says. So he walked up to him, bless you, and, uh, and he said, get up off your mat. Do you know what he did? He picked up his mat and he carried it, right? So he carried it and he carried it everywhere he went. Everywhere he went, he carried his mat, right? So think about it. I mean, it's kind of awkward, isn't it? You've got to be careful you don't hit people in the head with it or anything like that. But it's kind of awkward. But for many of us, we have mats that we carry around. I almost bounced right into you, Bob. Anyhow, so we have mats we carry around. But, but what is this? This is harder than I thought. And uh, we, we carry around the mat because our mat is now the symbol of the cross. Your mat is now your message. So people will say to me, so what just happened to you? So I know last week I said to all of you, I said, guess what happened? So back in September, I was diagnosed with uh, basal cell carcinoma. I had cancer on my shoulder. And uh, so I've told, I've told several people. And I keep telling people this story over and over and over. So then I went through surgery and uh, they were able to get it out. But before, before all that, before surgery, I was standing up here with my mat. And I was worshiping the Lord. And when I saw the face of Christ and I saw the crown of thorns and I saw the blood drop into... Now listen to me. I haven't had experiences like this. And I have to tell you, I have never had that C word before either. But when I heard the voice of the living God and Jesus said, you are healed, I was delivered that moment. Now, you can say, "Uh, what are you going to do, preach on this every single week? Every single week, I'm going to preach this message because I have a mat to share with people. So here's what he did. He told him, listen... And it says directly right after that, there was a multitude that was around Jesus. Think about this. If we have a story to share, then you carry around your mat and you tell people. He didn't say, get up, walk, and leave your mat. He said, get up, walk, and take your mat. So he carried that mat from city to city to place to place over and over again. Why did he do that? He did that because he had to proclaim the good news, the gospel of Jesus. 
Jesus Christ. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. The responsibility for each and every one of us is to not let go of the story that God has blessed you with. Let me show you. So, if he said, take up your mat, you will be made whole, I'm telling you, we have a story to tell. Maybe he's put you in a situation, maybe your circumstances have seemed dark and glim, and maybe they're not as bright as they should be, but it's about time that you look at your mat, and you tell that mat, thank you for this reminder, thank you God for being a part of my life, I'm delivered in the name of Jesus, and this is going to be my reminder of God's goodness and his grace in our life. So, we'll tell the story over and again. And you know what? Now I have a story to tell about my health. So, here's where we're at. We all have a story. But if you don't have a story, man, I encourage you to have one. Let's just do this. Watch this. Trish, do you have a story? Yes. What were you free from? Drugs and alcohol. Drugs and alcohol. Watch. Lucinda, do you have a story? What were you free from? Cancer. Free from cancer. Double mastectomy, very, very severe cancer, but God healed her and freed her from that. Do you see what's going on here? Even in your church, you are free from the curses that he puts you under. Listen, God is here because he's our vindicator. He's here to love us, to watch over us. I could probably go through the whole congregation and we would all have to say, yes, here's our mat, and now we have to tell the good news. Listen, people love Jesus, and there's people that hate Jesus. They did it in the old days, and they'll do it in the new days. They're going to do it in the present time. They did it in the past, and they'll do it in the future. But I'm here to tell you, church, until we can pick up our mat and understand that God and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and that know that Jesus and God has delivered us and healed us, it's because we need to go to him. But if we never go to him, we'll never have a good story to share with people so that there's hope in Jesus Christ. We have to have a, Why on Thursday was this young woman right down here, she shared a story. She shared a story because it's not her story. She's delivered by the power of Jesus. We don't get through addiction on our own. By the way, you don't get through addiction by doing the 12 step. No, that's just the way to the cross. Those are steps to help you. So I want you to say this. Now listen, if your mat is the symbol of the cross that you carry, that you have to go through, now I'm going to ask you a question. Do you still live in the past? Are you in your cesspool of misery? So watch, the gospel equals good news equals your story. Where are you? Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, you know what, I had this, but Jesus healed me. Ask me how. See, there you go. Okay, good practice. But, but God wants to deliver you from that. And now I want you to say to everybody, now we're going to shout this out together. Put it up on the screen, and I'll help you, but it says, I don't live there anymore. Let's say it together. I don't live there anymore. Isn't that awesome? Let's say that again. 
I don't live there anymore. Listen, because Satan is out to seek, kill, and destroy. So your past doesn't have to determine your future. You need to be free. Let me say this in closing. Today can be a turning point in your life. A time of new beginnings. Don't waste another minute trying to figure out why certain evil things have happened to you or your loved ones. Refuse to live with a victim mentality any longer. You might be saying, I just don't understand why this is happening to me. I don't understand why I got sick. Why did my loved one die? Why did my marriage break apart? Why was I raised in such an abusive, terrible environment? You may never know the answer. But don't use that as an excuse to wallow in self-pity. Leave it alone. Get up. Move on with your life. Many of the why questions... Of life will remain a mystery. Probably a mystery to all of us. But trust in God and accept the fact that there will be some unanswered questions. So keep in mind, just because you don't know the answer doesn't mean that one does not exist. You simply haven't discovered it yet. Usually we can deal with a situation if we can locate a file in our thinking which to put it in. He got into trouble because he was running with the what? Wrong crowd. We've heard that and we've done that. But what happens when things don't make sense to us? What happens when things just don't make sense? When a good person is stricken with a serious illness... Or a child is born with a birth injury or a husband or wife walks out of a marriage. What happens when life doesn't fit neatly into our perfect little categories? I'm going to introduce another file. For each and every one of us, I would like to call this the I don't understand file. When something comes up for which you have no reasonable answer. Instead of dwelling on it and trying to figure it out, simply place it in your I don't understand file. In the meantime, you must muster enough faith to say, God, I don't understand it, but today I trust you. And I'm not going to spend all my time trying to figure out why certain things have happened. I'm going to trust you to make something good out of it. Why? Because you're a good God. And I know you have my best interests at heart. Why? Because your promises are true. And you say, and I know all things work together for good. To them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And that is truly faith. And that's the attitude that God honors. Your past does not have to determine your future. I don't live there anymore. And I understand that 
Now I have to pick up the cross of Christ. Now there's things I've got to go through in my own life. Listen, I could spend the next 30 minutes going through all of the, the, the journey of life from this ministry 17 years ago that I will say, I don't know, but I will tell you this. I do, knew, I do know one thing, that he says, I know all things work together for good. There was no way we should have left a deck and went to the YMCA. But the following week, the church moved out. We moved in. They said, you guys are an answer to prayer. Then the next week when they said you'll never ever be in the court cultural center, we've never let anybody in the conference room, the director said, let them have the banquet hall. Let them have whatever they want. That's the favor of God. When one year within a church, you can't just go by a church. And when they look at churches, they still scratch their heads at us. Ask our treasurer. They just ask, can we please have another annual report? Don't they? They're always asking for reports to keep us, you know, accountable and doing what. It's very difficult to get a loan for a church because people go and people come and all that kind of stuff. And so finances are different. So there's no way we should have been able to move into Riverside Drive. But when the man took that piece of paper, which is the pastor, and chucked it like this and said, I don't know, all I can tell you guys, that church is supposed to be in there. We didn't have a can't-do attitude. We had a can-do attitude. When I got on the phone with Kevin Henry and I paced laps after laps after laps after lap, that was from my kitchen to the foyer to the living room to the dining room. I was kind of dizzy after like the 500th time. But after we made laps and I was able to make an appeal to him, he said, here, you move into the property. How, how is it that we're here today? You know why? Because it's all because God wants us to have a story. Jesus wants us to pick up our mat. He wants us to say, listen, don't ever forget. You tell that church that story over and over and over till they're sick and tired of hearing all of the things that I've done. Because guess what will happen? If you have no stories, we have no gospel. And we need to let the world know that Jesus is in the saving business and he's in the deliverance business. He's in the healing business. So today I declare healing over you. I declare freedom over you. I declare that God is among us. He's for us. He's not against us. That you are the head and not the tail. I declare that Jesus is doing something in your life today. But you have to receive it. You have to believe it. And then you have to understand a simple truth. I don't have to live there anymore. I get to pick up my mat. Isn't that a great thought? If you've been wallowing in self-pity, if you've been wallowing in, it's just, I can't, I can't get free. I don't know what. Listen, I'm here to tell you today that with Jesus, all things are possible. And He wants to deliver you. And He wants to give you the power to deliver you in Jesus holy precious powerful name let's rise to our feet father we love you and we thank you that today lord we come before you not understanding what we've been through why we've been through but lord we know that we don't have to live crippled for maybe for some of us we're dealing with some faith issues. We're dealing with faith from a standpoint that we've been dealing with some of this stuff for 15, 20 years. Well, today, Father, I declare deliverance in the name of Jesus over that individual. Maybe for some, Lord, 
we know that they've been they've been suffering through their marriage and through the hardships but they're too proud to come to a to an altar and, and just leave it here and say lord i trust you today i believe in you today and then get up and grab that mat as a reminder of your good faithful grace and power that you give each and every one of us to deliver us from that broken marriage that broken relationship Father, I pray that today for some that maybe might even be in this room, Lord. Maybe they need a touch from you. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's spiritual. Maybe it is emotional. Maybe some of the wounds that are there, Lord, are always a reminder. That that lame man got up, that paralyzed man, that crippled man got up and walked. Father, thank you that we have a story of hope, of deliverance. Father, thank you that your mat was the cross. So, Father, we come before you today and we kneel at the foot of the cross. Father, we come just as we are, just as I am, and say, God, use me, deliver me, heal me. And, Father, we're going to proclaim the story no matter what the enemy has to say no matter what Satan has to say father we know we've been healed we know we've been delivered we know we've been set free father today I claim it today and I declare it over this church so father we receive your healing today we receive your word today and we pray the name of Jesus and the authority and the power over this altar call in your holy name we pray bless your people in Jesus name